0: Whew! We got quite the episode for you today, and by we, I mean me, myself, and I. Guess what, kids? We're going to talk and understand why diet culture's rejection of larger bodies is inherently racist. Are you ready? appropriate for us as a message. then um, the only song I can really kind of think of Welcome, my love buckets, my buckets full of love. Yes, I know. I know my terms of endearment are a bit sappy, but what can I do? I just, I love terms of endearment. <laughs> I'm here and I'm not alone. Pancakes, Beauty unlocks mascot is... What are you doing? I had to stop recording there because, of course, Pancakes was bringing her sassiness and she was trying to... I don't know, grab my crystals. I don't know what she was trying to do. But anyway, she's adding to the madness and fuckery that is this show. If you're new here, welcome, friends. I'm your host, Carissa V, and this is Beauty Unlocked, the podcast coming to you from Cyprus. If you don't know where Cyprus is located, we're located in the eastern Mediterranean. We're known as the Island of Love, and that's because legend has it that the goddess Aphrodite was born here but that's besides the point that's we're not we're not here to talk about mythology and all that i mean we could cuz i do love myself a bit of mythology local lore legends and whatnot but no we're we're here on a brand new episode episode 39 of beauty unlocked before we get into this episode we have some house cleaning to do and by house cleaning it means it's me that's going to be speaking so let's see if we can do this under 1 minute Follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram family is growing. You can find us at beauty underscore unlocked underscore podcast. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. I am posting a little bit more regularly there. Still not as much as Instagram. So if you have Facebook, follow us on beauty unlocked podcast. And if you have, or the podcast, I should should say on Facebook, Instagram, follow us beauty underscore unlocked underscore podcast. Also, there are so many ways that you can support the show, and one of them, apart from following us on social media, would be to subscribe, rate, and review us on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. It's that purple icon. If you leave a five-star review, uh, well, five-star rating and a review, it doesn't have to be a long review, the short one. This show's great. Tune in. Um, it helps the show go up the charts and more and more people will tune in and possibly become part of this family, Beauty Unlocked's family. So don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes it's that purple icon it really really helps the show and we will be forever grateful and by we I mean me myself and I but I'm gonna throw pancakes into the mix now for those of you who are new to the show um, pancakes is my tabby cat who has stolen my heart and she is beauty Unlocked's mascot so we will be eternally grateful if you can follow us and if you can subscribe and rate and review us Now let's get into this episode. So as mentioned, we're going to be dismantling diet culture. And in order to do so, we need to look at how diet culture is inherently racist. Now in my quest to acquire knowledge, educate myself, decolonize my mind, and ultimately check myself, my research has led me to some eye-opening articles that make me stop, think, analyze and really question what I've been taught regarding body ideals, beauty standards, lifestyle, sexuality, and so much more. And one of the things that keeps jumping at me and that I've mentioned so often on this show, cause that's the whole point of Beauty Unlocked, isn't it? <laughs> Unlocking beauty, um, is that we're judged by some very Eurocentric and patriarchal standards and ideals. And when we delve further, it makes you realize that this is put in place to make us feel unworthy. And this is due to the fact that we do not look, act, or fit this very rigid and outdated mold. So I'm going to take your hand consensually because we're all about consent here on Beauty Unlocked. Yes, consent is sexy. Um, And you might be kicking and screaming in the beginning, but the next few episodes are going to be eye-opening and thought-provoking. Are you ready? Here we go. So your Auntie Carissa over here has found a very interesting, and I know, I I couldn't find another adjective at this point. Uh, Apparently, I do need to refresh (laughs) my vocabulary. But I found a fascinating article that was written by Chrissy King, and it was written actually uh, in February, February the 9th of this year. So who's Chrissy King? Well, Chrissy King is a writer, speaker, powerlifter, fitness and strength coach, creator of the hashtag Body Liberation Project, VP of the Women's Strength Coalition, and an advocate for anti-racism, diversity, inclusion, and equity in the wellness industry. So she does have a course, and check it out, but again, it's going to be in the show notes. She has a course called Uh, Anti-Racism for Wellness Professionals. So I will be posting the link to this article, and you can see there's a whole bunch of other articles that are cited within this article, and you'll be able to check it out. I'll also be posting it on the Facebook uh, page. I was about to say group, no, page. I went blank for a moment. So the article is entitled, Racism Needs to Be a Part of the Conversation About Dismantling Diet Culture. So Chrissy says that it's been more than five years since she's become a fitness and strength coach, and since then she's become very well acquainted with body liberation and the general body positivity space. But to this day, she can't help but notice that this space continues to be overwhelmingly white. So body positivity was originally created as an antithesis to diet culture and to help marginalized people, which are fat, queer, trans, bodies of color and more, feel worthy of self-love because for too long society told them they weren't. These days, however, body positivity hashtags on social media are often flooded with photos of non-marginalized bodies, which is cis-thin white women. And the movement has been co-opted by people who were never intended to be the center of these conversations. Not only that, but the body positivity movement tends to hyper-focus on individual self-love ...without acknowledging the intersections of identity that can make it more difficult for some people to feel safe in their bodies. And Chrissy says, and trust me, we need to talk about those intersections. So Chrissy has been writing about wellness and anti-racism education for years now... ...and she still gets those nasty emails or, and DMs from people who are upset that she's discussing these topics... It's not fun, but it further solidifies that she needs to continue her work because black bodies, including her own, are being harmed within a space that was created to center us. As such, we have to question our cultural obsession with thin, white bodies and our incessant desire to pursue the status quo. That desire stems from the fact that diet culture is heavily rooted in racism. Now, as Sabrina Strings uh, or Dr. Sabrina Strings discusses in her book, Fearing the Black Body, The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia, black people have historically and intentionally been linked with fatness dating as far back as the 19th century. One of the things that the colonists believed was that black people were inherently more sensuous, that people love sex and they love food. And so the idea was that black people had more venereal diseases. What the? Okay, had more venereal diseases and that black people were inherently obese because they lack self-control. And this is what Strings writes. And of course, self-control and rationality after the Enlightenment were characteristics that were deemed integral to whiteness. (sighs) Over time, this connection between black people and gluttony has become internalized and upheld, making diet culture's rejection of larger bodies inherently racist, argues Strings. Today, many of us learn to internalize these beliefs from an early age. So for example, Lauren Lavelle, a Philadelphia-based body-positive trainer and coach, says diet culture has influenced her for as long as she can remember, particularly as a black woman who has a white mom and was raised in a white-centered space. I spent much of my life believing the lies of diet culture, and the reality is that no amount of thinness was going to make me more aligned with whiteness, says uh, says Lavelle. I could be thinner, but I couldn't ever truly attain Eurocentric standards of beauty. I could never be white. Now, throughout this episode, I want you to do something. I want you to delve deep, and I want you to be brutally honest with yourself, and I want you to think and ask yourself... Have I ever compared my body to someone else, to somebody else's body? What TV shows did I watch growing up? Who were the characters? What did they look like? How did they act? Have I ever felt ashamed of my body hair, my stomach, my cellulite, my stretch marks? Why did I feel that shame? Have I ever gone on a diet? And I hate the word, but anyway, have I ever gone on a diet and felt discouraged by the results? Do you classify your food as good food, bad food? I want you to think about those questions throughout this whole episode because it's important. And of course, you don't have to narrow down to those questions. There could be other questions that come from those questions that I just asked. But I really want you to think and delve deep about some of the things that you watched or you watch or some of the things that you've heard growing up. I want you to really, really think about these things because these are the kind of questions that I pose myself constantly actually, Um, especially when I research um, for episodes because they're really important. It's important to kind of delve deep into understanding why we think a certain way we do and how we've come to think a certain way we do. On with the article. So the article goes on to say, plus mainstream nutrition advice often leaves out black people. The dietetics industry in the U.S. is overwhelmingly white. Roughly 78% of all registered dietitians are white, while just 2.6% are black. 3.3% are Hispanic or Latinx. And 3.9% are Asian, according to the statistics from the Commission on Dietetic Registration. So um, I'm going to refer to registered dietitians as RDs. With little diversity among RDs, the advice they dole out tends to be non-inclusive as well. Diet culture is rooted in racism in multiple ways, from the ways people talk about fat bodies to the ways mainstream dietitians and wellness professionals deem certain foods bad without considering the cultural implications. And this is what Kanolani Patterson, a fat-positive activist and power lifter, says, the nutrition advice given is often centered in whiteness without acknowledging the ties of capitalism, racism, and white supremacy, which all lead to the lack of accessibility as well as food deserts. Now, food deserts are areas where access to affordable, healthy food options, such as fresh fruits, veggies, whole grains, lean meat, etc., is limited or in some cases non-existent because grocery stores are too far away or too expensive. Communities of color tend to face the most difficulty accessing grocery stores. Only 8% of black people in the U.S. live in a census tract, so that's a region defined for the purpose of taking a census with an average population of 4,000. With a supermarket compared to 31% of white people, according to statistics from the Southern Poverty Law Center's Teaching Tolerance program. Again, I'll be adding um, I'll be adding the link to this article so that you're able to because a lot of the stuff um, they do have uh, the studies included within this um, article, so you'll be able to click into it. So I'll be adding it to the show notes and to the Facebook uh, group uh, page. Sorry. Uh, Dalina Soto, an anti-diet dietitian who specializes in helping Latinx people end chronic dieting, says she experienced a disconnect between nutrition in her own home and diet culture's take on food firsthand. She says, growing up in a Dominican household, my main vegetable sources were lettuce, tomato, and cucumbers. When mainstream wellness talks about what it means to eat healthy and have lots of colors on your plate, it didn't resonate with me. Our food wasn't colorful. I was exposed to more root vegetables that aren't very colorful, but full of nutrition. So my vegetables were just different than what is mainstream in the U.S. The hierarchy of food and what we value as healthy in mainstream fitness and wellness is often based in Eurocentric standards. Additionally, the narrative of food is fuel is often pushed without considering that, for many BIPOC cultures, food represents a place of gathering and community, notes Patterson. So... BIPOC, for many of you who may not be familiar with the acronym or the term, um, it stands for Black Indigenous People of Color. Uh, So that's what BIPOC means. So just if you hear me say it uh, on other um, episodes or previous episodes, you know what BIPOC refers to. Uh, So it's not just about fueling our bodies, explains Patterson. It's It's also about nourishing our bodies and our spirits. Food is culture. White culture tends to focus more on the individual, while BIPOC culture is rooted more in collectivism and community. We also mentioned this um, in the episode uh, Bula from Fiji, where we did talk about how it's, well, in the past, it was the community. When you talked about overall health, you weren't talking about the individual. You were talking about everybody was taking care of somebody's body so it wasn't the individual self it was more the collective self everything was more collective and this still holds true i believe um today in more rural areas in fiji and just in general in more rural areas i lost my voice there for a moment but uh definitely check out uh episode i don't remember the episode number but it's called bula from fiji if the body positive movement ignores these connections between diet culture and racism then what is the movement actually accomplishing? It's great that body positivity inspires so many people to love and accept themselves, but the fact is body positivity isn't just about loving your own body. It's about demanding justice for all bodies, especially those who face the most discrimination. Body positivity must not only acknowledge but celebrate the intersections of identity that, too often, make it harder for people to arrive at a place of self-love, particularly within a society that caters to Eurocentric beauty standards. If we aren't dismantling diet culture and the systems of oppression that uphold it, the same systems that make it difficult for BIPOC to feel safe in their bodies, whether they're simply out birdwatching in Central Park or seeking help from a registered dietitian, then the body-positive movement is meaningless. I think body positivity has definitely been co-opted, which is a huge part of the reason I don't center myself as part of my Instagram page. And this is what Soto says. I realize that I do fit some of the ideal Eurocentric standards of beauty and I check some of the boxes. So instead of centering my body and myself, I elevate the voices of those who don't have uh, as much privilege as I do. I think it's important that we begin to acknowledge our privilege within the space and understand the roots of the movement so at this point you're probably asking yourself what can we do well collectively we can all take steps to educate ourselves and others about systemic racism in diet culture the truth is we all have unlearning to do whether we consciously realize it or not we're all influenced by diet culture Racism, and the inextricable links between the two. It's not easy, but we have to recognize this in order to understand their roots in anti blackness and fat phobia. I would start by realizing where the thin ideal beliefs stemmed from, suggests Shauna Minne Spence, a Brooklyn based nutritionist. These beliefs are ingrained in us because of what we've seen in mainstream media our entire lives lots of thin, white bodies and not as many marginalized bodies or people of color. Add to that the centuries-long connection between Black people and gluttony that Strings discusses in her book, and it becomes a clear why there is so little representation of Black people in wellness culture. We have to recognize this concept, which is new for many, says Spence. Do research. Everyone has social media now, especially Instagram. I suggest following Black content creators and diversifying your feed. There is so much to learn. Um, I'll be actually posting a, a link... Uh, to black trainers and fitness pros to follow and support um, via Instagram. There are also plenty of hands-on tools from interactive webinars to online tests to help you uncover your implicit biases and avoid stereotyping people based on their appearance. If you're also looking to dive even deeper into the connection between racism and diet culture, um, I'm going to be also posting this because this is one of the books that one of uh, Beauty Unlocks listeners suggested, which was Fearing the Black, uh, sorry, yeah, one of them was Fearing the Black Body, um, and another one, if you're interested, is uh, reading Fattily Ever After, A Black Fat Girl's Guide to Living Life Unapologetically, and this is by Stephanie Yaboa. So I'll be posting those up on the Facebook page and also on Instagram because these are two books that I was really interested in um, uh, in ordering. Um, I order like books every two, like not even every two months, like every month and a half I'm ordering books and I have like so many books that I need to read, um, but these are definitely two that have been on my radar for a while and I will be posting it, like I said, like I mentioned twice I think before, on Instagram and on the Facebook page homework time so if you have an instagram account what i want you to do is go check out the hashtags body positive body positivity and body positive movement and let me know what you find now i've said this so many times before but we constantly have to check ourselves check our privilege we have to educate ourselves evaluate our thought patterns, and we have to question our beliefs, particularly when it comes to body image, beauty standards, and diet culture. Because whether we consciously realize it or not, we are heavily influenced by diet culture and racism, and the two are linked together. So, of course, listening to Beauty Unlocked or any other podcast is one step, but I want you to do the research, I want you to challenge yourself, I keep on saying this, educate, educate, educate yourself. Because ultimately what I want is for you to decolonize. I'm going to use that word again. Decolonize your mind from all the bullshit that has been force-fed to us for so freaking long. I want you to diversify your feeds, whether it be Facebook, whether it be Instagram, whatever social media you have. I want you to diversify your feeds. I want you to go and support BIPOC content creators I want you to listen to their stories I want you to amplify their voices I know I'm asking you to do so much I'm asking you to you know like before I asked you to to kind of remember the questions as we were going through the podcast you know and keep on questioning yourselves I want you to do this I want you to do that you're like Carissa seriously I just wanted to like chillax. I get you. I understand. I'm not saying to do it right this moment, but keep it in mind. Keep an open mind. That's the most important thing. With all that being said, I hope you enjoyed episode 39. I hope it was eye-opening, thought-provoking. And another thing I hope is that you have a lovely and safe weekend where you're going to be doing what? checking yourself and educating yourself so remember to love each other love yourself spread some of that sweet sweet love and you will hear from me very very soon bye wow